0: Welcome to 2022. I know we are all hoping that in 2022 we can get life back the way we used to have it. I think of the Israelites in exile and in captivity, perhaps every year, hoping that this new year will be the year of deliverance, the year of getting out from under bondage. You know, they went through decades and decades of having their personal freedoms taken away because they followed the one true God year after year but they went through it with God. Through this exile and captivity, God is with them, just as he is with us, and he has many deep spiritual truths to teach us that many times can be learned only in an experience of captivity and suffering and frustration. So for the new year, I'm going to do a series on life lessons from nature. You know, God created the natural world and all of its systems and cycles. We learned this from the book of Job. God describes himself with a connection to the natural world. He talks about being like an eagle or like a mother hen. Other times, God says to look at nature to get a lesson on how to do life. Go to the ant and learn. And of course, Jesus spoke with many life lessons from agriculture and the creation, a mustard seed, agricultural seasons of planting and harvesting. So today, January 2nd, we're going to talk about the eagle. You know, we go through many times this intersection of life's circumstances and then our emotions in that and a deep theology. It's like a three-way stop. I think of what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4.8. When I am perplexed and persecuted and struck down, what do I do? How do I get through this? And the lesson for us is from the eagle, Exodus 19.4 says, you yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt. This is God speaking. And how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Deuteronomy 32, 10 and 11. He shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young and spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. It's beautiful. Isaiah chapter 40, 28 to 31 will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. In the ancient world, in this time, the gods were viewed as having human weaknesses and often were inattentive or simply unaware of events that were taking place in in, in the humans' lives. The gods were in constant need of food, drink, and shelter. In fact, humans were created to do the hard labor the gods preferred not to do and to give them these things. So the audience here, we're asked two rhetorical questions. The first one is, do you not know? Implying that the listener should already know the answer to the question. Their past experience, their teachings from the Torah, the prophetic proclamations that explain who God is and how he deals with his people, they should know. If they recall who God is, then they should be able to remember the correct answer to the question, do you not know? The answer is God is everlasting or eternal, having no beginning or end. Therefore, there is nothing in the past or in the future that is outside of his knowledge. God is the creator of the entire earth and everything that is in it. Therefore, there is no nation or group of people on the face of the earth That is outside his knowledge or control he is not like the local gods that the culture had at the time you know kind of like a God for America and a God for Canada and a God for different countries who has limited control and it's just a small territory no his creative power and control extends to the limits of the entire earth and it is limitless in the expanse of the heavens God's power to administer the affairs of thousands of stars, millions of stars, and the millions of people on the earth never brings fatigue or weakens him because of exhaustion. Therefore, God is never worn out by a large task. Nothing is too complex for him to figure out. God's wisdom is unlimited and totally beyond human comprehension. Therefore, there are no loose ends or uncontrollable circumstances of fate that overtax God's ability to keep track of them. That's who he's telling them who he is. These confessions of faith profess God's involvement with every time period, every space or territory in the universe, every detail of life, and his total understanding of what has, does, and will happen throughout the heaven and the earth. These affirmations in chapter 40 maintain that the very nature of God proves that nothing has or ever will be hidden from God. And So how should God's people respond when they are in a difficult situation that they do not understand? The prophet Isaiah offers a word of comfort and encouragement by suggesting that they can endure trials, complexities, persecution through God's help, which is available to them. God is the one who gives. He gives them strength so that the worried ones will not grow tired or weak during the time of hardship. God is not absent. He is not unavailable or unwilling. Complaining about present problems will not make them go away. Through human weakness, His power and glory are displayed. So how does one receive a measure of God's power so that one can endure trials? captivities. First, one must come to the realization that God's strength is needed. We need to go outside of ourselves. Everyone knows that they sometimes grow weary. Even young energetic overachievers burn out if they work too long or too hard. The best and the brightest of all humans are not immune to failure. The choicest and best trained military recruits can't go on forever. And second in chapter 40 verse 31, It says we overcome these things, we go into God's strength by finding hope in the Lord. We've talked about that over Christmas. Strength is available to replace, exchange, renew those who are worn out. Third, there's a prerequisite here for this transformational change. In the placement of all expectations or hope, it's in the Lord. This hope is an act of dependence on God that patiently awaits his timing with confident expectations. This trust in God will replace any false leaning on our own strength. Placing hope in God implies that a spiritual bond exists that allows people to admit their own helplessness and to commit their needs completely into the hands of his strong power. This act of trust will enable God to replace human weakness with the powerful metaphorical soaring wings of an eagle. Their weary legs will be transformed into strong legs that run fast. The fainting person will be able to walk. Trust enables people to walk the weary path. When trials and doubts arise, the people of God today must return to the foundation of their faith. The character of God that is revealed in Scripture. In particular here, here how he talks about being like an eagle. It pictures a great God who is worthy of trust. We can go through life and not grow weary and not faint, but that doesn't happen very often. Now, this metaphor is good for us. Similes compare one thing to another, but make the comparison explicit by saying like or as, like eagles. God is not an eagle. Like an eagle. The Bible uses imagery to convey truth about God. So when we encounter an image like an eagle, we need to ask two questions. What is the literal picture, and then what does this literal picture, this image, evoke? Example, Isaiah 40.11. It says, God tends his flock like a shepherd. He carries them close to his heart, gently leading them. We get a picture in in our mind of a human shepherd, and it conveys truth. And so here we have an image of physical power, the soaring of an eagle, and it is connected to our soul, our inner person. So knowing certain truths about God can change our inner truths, can, our inner truth about ourselves and who we are. Do you not know? Have you not heard? We will soar on wings as eagles. What is the image and what does it imply? God is telling us previously he is the eagle, but he's saying we will be like an eagle in his strength in our trust of him. You don't have to worry, have doubt, anger, bitterness, envy, rage, fret. You can soar like an eagle because of your trust in God. So eagle, beautiful reference. This reference to the eagle is to that wonderful power of flight that enables a bird to hang as if frozen in the sky for long periods, appearing to to be immovable in our sight. Sailing, soaring directly into the eye of the sun, seeming to rejoice in its strength of flight and to exalt in the security and freedom of the upper air. Wow, go watch an eagle soar today. We can be like this. Our soul can be nurtured through the weary time. The weary time is not taken away, but there is strength to get through it. We can soar like eagles. And God is an eagle, as we saw earlier in the sermon. We ask for the miracle of eliminating all that causes weariness. That's normally what we do. But the Lord's miracle is that he will give us strength in the inner person to get through this. Do you not know? Have you not heard? When we are troubled and weary in the soul, let's drive out to Harrison Mills or walk the Fraser or Better River and let's watch our inner life be exemplified in the soaring of an eagle. God gives us theological truth for our emotional questions that come up. When our hearts are troubled, Jesus speaks theology to people. He said, I will be back. That's what you hinge your hopes on. Don't let your hearts be troubled, John 14. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. This is to eternal life. So we can soar like eagles in the meantime. We can have peace because Jesus gives us peace. We don't have to have our hearts troubled because we can soar like eagles in the power of God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? So we wait on the Lord, it says. Waiting is associated with patience, submission, dependence, and contentment with less than ideal circumstances. Oh, we try to run from that. Adventure in faith and trust in God rather than faith and trust in human means. We need to go after God for this. Physical strength is insufficient to ward off spiritual and inner fatigue and weariness waiting makes us still but not inactive there are things that are are known and have been said so he tells us do you not know have you not heard we're here this morning because we understand that there is more to know more to hear more to get more to live out and so we come to church we read the bible we go to a small group we listen to god's word and hope will start coming up through us and we can soar like eagles For the most part, you and I are willing. We want to do what is right, but we lack the discipline or power to say no and throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Trouble and persecution hinder us. COVID hinders us. Worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, riches, and pleasures choke out this word that we wait on. We don't hear it anymore. We don't have patience and perseverance to keep hearing it. The good news message is not just about forgiveness of sins, but it's about newness of life. That's what it means to soar on wings like eagles. We wait in hope in the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. So how do we soar? It's a personal responsibility we have. It's a discipline we have. Knowledge and growth are not automatic. Number one, you got to get up. <laughs> you got to get up and wait on God. It takes effort and time. Let's look at the life of Jesus. Very early in the morning, he got up to a solitary place, withdrew to lonely places, and prayed. In Luke twenty-two thirty-nine. 39, it says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and prayed. Conversation. Not just asking for miracles to get out of everything that we don't like. So we wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Hope in the Lord. Psalm 33, verse 20. We wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord. Do you not know about his love, even as we put our hope in you? Isaiah 30 verse 18. The Lord longs to be gracious to you, his grace, compassion, and justice. He rises to show you compassion, for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. And many times that waiting is in difficult periods of our life. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The normal course of day-to-day human interactions lock us into patterns of feelings and thoughts and action geared to a world set against the purpose of God. We are so easily moved to conformity to our cultural, social, and moral patterns, and it gives us no literal space for God. We need to be renewed in our mind. We need to get up and go to what, where good territory is. We need to indulge in conversation with God, talk to him aloud or within our thought, our thoughts. Pray with frequency in all things at all times and with all hope. Training ourselves to connect God to all that is going on in our lives. We need to get up. And here's number two. We need to go where the currents are. Eagles do not soar in the nest or near the ground or in amongst the trees. They flap their wings and they soar. We need to go to the proper environments, teaching environments. We need to stay away from environments that are not helpful Certain people groups or habits or old systems of coping that we need to get away from. Number three, study. Indulge yourself in the word of God. Do you not know? Well, you need to know and how you know is by knowing the scriptures. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Do you not know? Have you not heard? So let's read it. Let's meditate on it. Let's withdraw into silence and indulge its depth of nourishment for our soul, praying that God would meet us, speak to us, and give us a heart that is after his own heart. Talk to him about it. Get out of the nest and go to where the currents are and study and meditate. Number four, we need to continually worship. Give worth to the creator. Give him all the applause. Indulge ourselves and dwell upon His greatness, his beauty, and his goodness. Know who he is. We don't do this alone. We do it with other people who are running the race with us, who are soaring with us. We fill our minds and hearts with wonder and awe toward Jesus. Our thoughts and words are tuned into the reality of God. And we experience him in a profound way that will literally change our lives. And we do this with other eagles. This can be a discipline for us as we read the Bible. Stare out at nature and his creation and soak up all the beauty and goodness of the Lord. Some would even call this a celebration time, this worship time. And if this is the case, then it is full of joy and exhilaration. Bow down, stand, lift up holy hands, lay down in the presence of God as you observe all that he is in this created world. You can do this in secret or in a public worship, celebration time. There's many feasts in the Bible that were for this purpose, and so we have annual reminders in our church calendar to remember the greatness of God and to celebrate His beauty, His creation, His faithfulness, His goodness. And lastly, we will continue to wait for things to be the way they should be. We will need to understand and live this ego lesson all the days of our lives. It doesn't end. Romans 8, 25. We know... The whole creation is groaning, is in the pains of childbirth, right up until the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons and daughters, the redemption of our bodies. That's when everything goes the way we want it to go. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. So we need to continue to soar every day of our life. Titus 2.11. The grace of God brings salvation has appeared to all of us. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Don't go to the bad currents. <laughs> Live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. You need to go to the proper currents. We are waiting. We wait for the appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. He redeems us. We need to be understanding what it means to soar like an eagle. Get up. Get out of the nest. Start moving toward the sky. And the promise is that your strength will be renewed. You will not grow weary. You will not faint. When God speaks, listen. This is fully connected to the highest level of fellowship with God. Be completely honest with God as you talk to Him. Have transparency, confession, and restoration, and soar. That's what we want to see for 2022, that we soar like eagles. Our trust is in God, and we wait for Him. Knowing that He doesn't always take us out of our bad circumstances, our frustration, but He helps us soar within them. This is the miracle of spiritual birth. This is the miracle of having the Holy Spirit live in us to guide us and direct us. So this is 2022. Look at the eagle. Look at what God says, who he is, that he is like an eagle. He holds us. He hovers over us. He protects us. He lifts us up on his wings. Let's do this together in 2022. Amen.